I think you either have to really love it or you have to really love your industry to produce a podcast. And it's hard to say why there's so many of them. Pod fade is what they say, right? So it's like when right. one goes away, it's pod faded. That's the battle of podcasting. It's like content. It's like get good, good content and then it'll work. If not, it won't work. It is all about the content. So if you want to start a podcast, just spend your time. Don't worry about any of the podcasty stuff. Just worry about what your shows are going to be and spend all your time doing that. Like That's my advice. Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics and this is just the spot to guarantees you will learn and laugh here we go Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 107 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners, and this show is brought to you by my company, Powers of Marketing. My guest today is none other than the legendary Mike McCallum. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for having me, and it's nice to see you. I'm glad you're healthy. Er. It's nice to see you. Yeah, I'm healthy. Er, for those who had have not heard, I have the Rona. I, I got COVID, uh, despite all the things. But hey, man, I you know was really down for a few days, and then since then, it's just I've just been tired. I've got some congestion and some coughing, but other than that, you know, I, I shouldn't complain. The brain yeah, fog a, and the lack of smell is kind of a that's lingering. It, the whole thing is weird, and it's amazing how different yeah. people react to it. Like my was at my cousin's house last night and he had it and he had a slight sore throat and nothing else. And he, yeah, he, he and then he had to, you know, he confined himself to his house and he had, he was just there, he said for a week and like just not feeling bad, but he said he just cleaned his whole house. So it was, <laughs> it was a kind of a positive. <laughs> I haven't had the energy. I haven't had the energy to do that. Although it really needs it. The dishes have piled up. Um, there's no question there. Uh, <laughs> but thanks so much. I know you're a super busy dude. So I appreciate you joining us. Happy summer solstice as well yes, to you and all of our... And I always have time for you, Megan. Listener. So thanks thank so you much. for having me. It's fun. Absolutely. All right. So I am going to read... Your bio. Mike McCallan has been podcasting since 2007 and wants to give others a voice through podcasting. His company, Podcasting for Associations, helps associations and companies engage with their members and listeners on their audience's time and terms. Mike has had a varied career working as a firefighter, EMT, in corporate meetings, events, and media production. He lives in Oakland, California with his two dogs, two cats, his five-year-old daughter and his beautiful wife. So for those who are not watching the video, I am geared up in warrior's gear. I felt like I had to with Mike on the show Yeah, represent our warriors. It was so fun, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. Never gets old. And the parade was nuts yesterday. There's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> Talk about a super spreader event. I saw those videos and I was like, oh. I know. <laughs> I didn't go, not just because of that, but yeah. I had other work stuff going on, but I was like, right. it looked like pretty fun. Yeah. I, the first video I saw was Clay Thompson tripping and knocking a woman over, which is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a gif, no doubt. Um, moving right. forward, there will be, he will and not the holy cannoli, ever. The holy cannoli will be the big done. one. <laughs> He's so, he's so sweet. 
So, all right. So th- for those who don't know, I have worked with, I've known Mike for a few years now through the meetings and events industry. He has been podcasting for years um, and now works in podcasting full-time, as I mentioned, producing podcasts for associations and companies. And so I just want to say like, for me, you're the OG podcaster in the meetings and events space, particularly. Um, I think your meetings podcast was actually one of the first actual podcasts I ever listened to ever. So maybe you gave me a little inspiration as well. So let's start at the beginning. So Mm -hmm. was that your first podcast? Like, how did you get into the space and share that story? I got into it because I had an events production company putting on corporate events and uh, meetings. And we did, there were, we do these, you know, like for these big sales meetings, like for Santa Fe or for Oracle or Jedzyme, anyway, all these like mostly a lot of pharmaceuticals. And then they would cut away a bunch of people at the last minute. Like, oh, we can't, we're cutting out. These people aren't coming, like the budget problems or whatever. They cut like 300 people. It was like a lot of people. And then I was hearing these podcasts, this thing, the podcasts, and I started listening to them. And I thought, what a great way to capture everything and not be the big expense of, you know, having... Uh, video in it, you know, because that, and you, you know how that goes. So it just it, the, the prices could go way, way up. So I just kind of looked into this podcasting thing, and then I started one with my wife. We had this woman, a friend of ours, living with us, and and we did a one like a little like um, you know kind of roundtable talking about stuff. It was fun. And then I started with my company. I thought, oh, I should try this for my company because I could meet people easily. So I could call up whoever I might want to work with and do an hour, you know, talk with them, and then we would post it. And, it would, and at that that time there was so many hoops to do to get it on something because you didn't have it on the iPod. It was before even the iPod came out. It was like you had to have like an MP3 player of some sort. No, maybe the iPod was out, but there was big, big hurdles to get it on your right. listening device, your MP3 um, device. So it worked out quite nicely. I, and I started a roundtable one with a couple of guys, a guy from an AV company and a third-party meeting planner. And then we do roundtables, kind of a roundtable about the industry. And then we would do these ones where I'd interview people, basically. And that turned out to be quite a boondoggle because then I was like a media person at the events. And I remember going to like, I don't know, it was MPI or PCMA or somewhere. And I was like, yeah, I have a podcast. And they're like, what the hell's a podcast? And like, because I, I wanted to be a media person. I'm like, I'm interviewing people and stuff. So that got me into meeting all the media people, which was great, but also getting to meet all these people. So I was, you know, and then I got a lot of referrals from it where I got a lot of work and people would always, you know, with podcasting. And so I was like, how do you make money with podcasting? And it was like, that's how I made money with podcasting. It was like, right. I didn't need, and I didn't care if anybody listened to it too, which was the other thing. You know, I didn't even look at the downloads. So we did the meetings podcast and we did like more than 500 shows. It was like a ton, you know, because we're doing it weekly. We did it weekly for 10 years, which was such a pain in the ass. It was so great. But it was like (laughs) some days you're like trying to find somebody to to interview or like, you know, because you get bogged down with work, too. It's like a marketing. You know, it's like it's (laughs) just even us trying to hook this up was like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm trying to get home. I raced home to get here for my it's just funny how it goes. So anyway, that's where I started out on it. And then people started asking me for help. And I started doing them for other people, helping them with producing them, editing them. And then I run the podcasting group here in Oakland which turned out to be the California Podcast Association, which we have meetings all over the Bay Area. We need to do them down south. But then I met all these people through that, and I'm like editing all these shows. And um, you know, we do some tech shows too. And I have somebody who helps me too. I have two people now that work with me. So we edit a lot of stuff for a lot of different people. But mostly I like to work with the associations. And that comes back from like when I was doing the corporate meeting stuff, because when I did have a couple of association clients, I really liked working with them. 
Well, and it's banked business, like it's guaranteed, right? Like, you know, they're going to have an event every year. That's their whole thing. They have to gather. There's no Mm -hmm. like wiggle room on that, like there might be on the corporate side. So really, that's an amazing origin story. And what was the year that you started that meetings podcast? I think it was like 2007 or eight or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. So they've become this shiny thing, you know, that people want to have been wanting to dive into. And as a result, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that have 10 episodes or fewer. What do you think gives a podcast staying power or keeps podcasters going? Well, there's a bunch of different things. I mean, if it's a passion project, it's just because you love that whatever you're doing, that you do it all the time. If you're getting like, yeah... You are pointing at yourself for the people that are listening. I was, yeah, um, the audio. Yes, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint to get it going. So that's where people realize it is a lot of work. Right. And I think, like, I like the associations working with them because they have that industry and they already have that audience. So they already have the sponsors for the show. So everybody's there, like the whole, everybody's there. But I think you either have to really love it or you have to really love your industry to produce a podcast. And it's hard to say why there's so many of them. Pod fade is what they say, right? So it's like when right. one goes away, it's pod faded. And they say there's like, you know, three gazillion of them, but really there isn't. Just like you said, if you go on there, you'll look and see. Like I did that a lot of times when I'm showing people about, they'll say, oh, there's already podcasts in this industry, like whatever it is. Go look it up on iTunes. Like, okay, they did it. Oh yeah, they have a podcast, but they haven't put one up in six years, you know, or something. So it's like, it's interesting. Like, I didn't really answer your question, but that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, you really got to, you have to love what you're going to want to do. You have to make it, you know, just the right, right amount. Like the people always ask how, how long should it be? And it really just needs to be as long as it needs to be and no longer because there is no right. There is no secret time. So you got to cut out all the crap that's not good. Like you really have to make, because you know how the attention spans of people are short and you just got to give them good information. And that's the battle of podcasting. It's like content. It's like get good, good content and then it'll work. If not, it won't work. Right, right. So both my podcasts that I host, I host this one and uh, a new one called Trade Show Talk for that I do for TSNN, both interview shows. But I did throw in a few, just me talking to this podcast this this season, no scheduling. You know, I could record it at 1030 at night. Um, But I think as long as you have something valuable to say, it doesn't have to, it could be in any format. It doesn't really matter. And so for me, I only do those kinds of shows when I feel like I really have something um, valuable to share. And yeah, and it started out as a passion project. I do think weekly is challenging. Now, mm-hmm. having said that, I'm now doing four a month because I do two for each of my podcasts. Wow. But it's, you know, it's a nooks and crannies thing of fitting it in, you know, where, where I can. But I love talking to people and hearing their stories and learning from them. I mean, truly, it's it's self-serving. All of it's self-serving. Like you were self-served by growing your business. Like, And people ask me that too. They say, well, how do you monetize it? And my first answer was, well, like that wasn't the goal. You know, I just wanted to do an industry podcast and, you know, the marketing space that mattered, like that people would listen to, that people would get value from and people that I wanted to talk to and people that I wanted to learn from. And then consistency is, like you said, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint where this is the second to last episode of season five for us. And for some people, they get to a hundred episodes fairly quickly, right? But I, I do feel like there's been value in every single one of our episodes and I don't see an end to it just because I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah. I think too, it's like one of the big things is being curious because if you're thinking about someone on the, someone fly on the wall, listening to your conversation, you, you know, you got to be really curious and figure out, you know, ask lots of questions about whatever it is. That's the key to it all too. I mean, 
for sure. Learn, 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 learn if you're going to be listening to something, unless you're, you know, doing a comedy one or something like that. I do find that sometimes I talk a little bit more maybe than I should, but some shows I just have a lot more to contribute than others, you know, and then it's a back and forth between me and the guests versus just all doing preset questions that I have come up with. So, yeah, I think a combination of those is good too. Like if you can do that somehow, like, you know, and another thing I was going to say too, is if you have a good format, you know, how you watch the old TV shows, they had a format, you know, like you watch I'm dating myself with happy days or like, you know, they always had the same (laughs) format. And if you do that, it makes people comfortable when they're listening to it too. I mean, it's good. You can throw other things in there like bonus shows, like you're saying, do the, but if you have a good, people like that, like good format, that's kind of, they know what's going to happen next, sort of, you know? So if you do segments is a great idea, you know, in your show, you can do dynamic content now. So you could keep stuff fresher and the older ones, like go in and say things. It's not, it's not as big of a deal having to edit it, you know, you can pop things in and out. That's good for, of course, for ads and sponsors. And But you can also like, hey, on like um, on Nick, uh, we do Nick Borelli's podcast for the, oh my gosh, All Seated. And we're kind of playing around with him because they, him and this other woman is like blanking on her name, but they do, you know, they go on speaking things. So why not throw it on the front of all of the podcasts? Like, so you could you know, whatever one someone's listening to is like, oh, make sure to check out Nick at, you know, he's at MPI in San Francisco, you know, or you have speaking, come see, you know, so that's kind of some cool things that have happened nowadays that people are, or we're doing yeah. with our clients, a lot of that kind of stuff. And, and you can also geolocate those things too, which is kind of cool. So if you have oh, chapters, cool. in, chapters in your association, you could do different, it can, someone downloads this in San Diego, they could get the chapter news from there. I mean, you can really go crazy with the dynamic stuff, not oh, crazy, wow. but your mind starts to get kind of creative how you could do Yeah. You know, little shows, I mean, little like contests and things could go on all of them every month. And you have, there's just, people are, are fooling around with a lot of stuff with the with the content, the dynamic content stuff. That's amazing. So you're, you're doing that with your association clients? Yeah, yeah. We're local doing, chapter uh, stuff? We're selling ads. They're all making money, which is pretty crazy wow. in a podcast, like because right. they are so targeted that we just came back. It's been a kind of a crazy year because now everybody's doing their annual events again. So we've gone to all of them to to capture um, interviews and stuff and we'll have a little booth or we'll have like a little stage and do it. It's really great. And they, people could ask questions and stuff. And then you get so many good topics from the people in the audience because they're asking questions, right? And then you also can interview the members. And, you know, I've tried to kind of come up with a, a list of like, you know, what is the most important thing to your association? Is it the networking? Is it the education? Is it the, you know, that kind of stuff, the community? It's like, so then can you build off that with the podcast, you know, to start it off? Anyway, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But so see, doing how do they get the questions to you? If you're on site, you have a stage in there. We have just have an audience mic so or a mic runner. Oh. So you're actually oh, okay. doing it there. Or right we interviewed people as they walked by the booth in between in episodes. We asked questions that the client had already kind of written up. We talked to them about, well, what would you, you know, what do you want to know? So then we can plug those into the shows or even have a show about a certain question. Hey, this is what Megan Power says about, you know, you know, so it's nice for them to hear, you know, that's the also thing. If they can hear their names on it, then they start telling other people about the podcast. Hey, my, they talked about me on the on the podcast. Right. So, um, <laughs> but they do, um, for example, one client just did, she's like, her name is uh, Gerilyn Warfield. She did, she did 24 interviews, which are episodes at the three-day event. She sat uh-huh. in a room and just had, but she had her own room that she just came in. We had, a, you know, we set up for her and they would just come in and she did all these interviews and she scheduled them all in between, which was amazing. 
I mean, that's a different way. And then one other person had uh, one other person, one other client had like an actual stage right in front of the trade show uh, floor when you walk in and seats all in front of that. He's very personable in pulling people in. So he was talking to people. So when the podcast kind of weird, because he'll suddenly shout out to someone, hey, there's so-and-so. And you're like, oh, so <laughs> anyway, those don't have a high, a really long shelf life when you're doing that kind of stuff, obviously, but it's still pertinent information. Another one did like an enclosed booth. So the sound was good, which I didn't really like as much, but it actually was kind of funny because people were all standing around the outside of the booth where I kind of like them open where there's seats so people can sit and you can run a microphone around and it makes it more, well, you know, like doing a, like when you do your road shows, Megan, when you go all over the world with your road shows, <laughs> right? your podcast road shows. <laughs> Sorry, I just went off on a tangent there. But it's like, there's <laughs> a lot okay. of stuff you can do with the on-site stuff for podcasting too, because it's all about getting content. So if you can kind of beforehand, like Gerilyn did, was like she mapped out series on different things and then had the people come in to do the interviews on these different series. And they're pretty clever. It's the, the preventative party, excuse me. It's, I know them as PCNA and they are the preventative carotid. Uh, I don't remember what the name is. I should it's know my okay. clients. Anyway, they get grants for sections. So they'll get a grant for a bunch of, sh- a bunch of episodes. That's kind of how they're doing it, which is very clever. So they'll do it on a certain topic and then they get a grant okay. to pr- provide that to them. And now I have to go look up what the names are. No, preventative Cardiovascular Nurses Association, PCNA. Yes. And they're fantastic. But okay. they've, now banked like they do two a month so they've banked a whole year basically wow which is amazing yeah as you know as a podcaster that's like okay you can go on vacation right Uh, (laughs) yeah i hardly ever have more than one in the can at any given moment just because well also i just timely it's just kind of like the what i got used to in the beginning is just having it be like more immediate yeah. But it doesn't need to be. I mean, because most of the stuff we're talking about is evergreen anyway. You know, we, we rarely have a topic on that would like someone would listen to two years later and have it not be relevant to them. Right. And that's part of the goal. You know, we don't do a lot of shows on Facebook ad buying and stuff like we have, but there it changes like on a dime. It's so fast. It's not as valuable. You know, we want to talk strategy and things like right. Um, right. long-term people can, right, right, right. can use. Smart. Yes. Awesome. All right. So what has surprised you the most about producing casts for other people? I think I try to cookie cutter it for my production process and it just really doesn't work because people are so different. And that was my goal because coming from the events and meetings world, you know, every single one is so different all the time and you're doing everything you can. And I was like, okay, I want to do something that I just, here it is, is what you get. We do it that way and it never works out that way ever. Uh-huh. We're always doing all kinds of different stuff, but that's fun too. I think that's one of the biggest things I've run into since doing it. But, you know, I've been doing it a long time. Things have changed. Like I'm amazed how easy it is to do stuff still and how all the marketing things that are out there that you can slice and dice your episodes and make just gobs of content if you want. That's something that's very surprising. If you want to feed the machine of your social media, a podcast right. is the way to go. You get a transcript, you start cutting it up, you do all the you know audiograms and there's mm-hmm. just a gazillion things you can do, ebooks and you can do all kinds of stuff, you know. Some people are writing books from their podcast. So it's like they have the same format and they write a book from it. They, you know, publish a book and that's kind of cool too. Yeah, for sure. There's so I need another person to do the to do all that yeah. stuff for me because it's just like you say there's there's so much and especially when you're a one person team you know it can be a challenge just to get the guests and produce the show in that and get them out there all that kind of stuff totally for sure it's funny because then I start meeting people to do that stuff and you start partnering with people you know it's like the events business it's like you don't do yeah. everything you have all these 
specialists that come in and do that stuff. So that's really proliferated now that there are specialists that do all this stuff, you know, like Restream. Yeah. Are you use Restream? That's what yes. this is. Restream, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Every other show we do live and we use Restream, but the other ones that we record, we just we just use Zoom. Um, which I know audio purists are aghast at sometimes still, but um, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I got a new mic that um, that sounds nice, so what that's always a, a positive. It's a uh, ATR 2100X. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, once I figured out, because Zoom also just likes to change the out, inputs and outputs and gets likes to make it a speaker instead of a, um, uh, a microphone in addition. Yeah, nice. so I learned that that the hard way. Let's talk a little bit about monetizing. You mentioned it and uh, you mentioned ad insertion. So for anyone who's listening or watching this on the replay who doesn't know what that means, like, can you tell us a little bit, talk about dynamic ads and ad insertion and kind of how that So when we were doing it in the old days, or we still, a lot of people do now, you do, you record a show, you edit it and you make a little MP3, which is like what you would see on a CD, I guess. It's like a a song on a CD is an MP3, I think. Instead, you would do a higher, well, you can record it on a higher res, a higher, a better sounding file, and you could put that into the um, the system. And then the robots will put markers in the actual file. They Let's just say it's an MP3. They put the markers in there, and then those are set. And then those markers now can drop things in and out of those markers. So you just tell the robots, hey, I want to put this ad in there and put it in. You can geolocate it somewhere. You can have it run for as long as you want, as little as you want. You could have another ad behind it, which could pop in. It would pop out and the next one move in. So it basically is a way to pull things in and out of your podcast episodes. Okay. Is that a good explanation? Yeah. And how would one start doing that on their podcast if they wanted to add They just that. have to call me and I'll do it for them. No, I... Uh... <laughs> They, um, it's basically it. your Always program that you're using. And a lot of these programs will, I think all of the hosting programs will have this soon enough. You know, a lot of the free ones won't have this kind of thing. But if you, you know, I pay a good hefty price for my network of shows that I have, but I mean, it's well worth it. But I think it's it's the hosting program that you would use. And then a lot of them actually have ad networks attached to them. So you could just say, hey, you know, am I making a marketer show? Gets, you know, you have a little media kit, you show them this and then they would give you, hey, how about this ad for something? And they could actually, you could make money from that. It's usually a CPM model, which is cost per thousand. So for every thousand dollars you'd get, I think the average is like $20 or something, I want to think. So if you got, you know, so you can do the math on it. Like if you get, it doesn't work out that well for most people's shows, but if you have a popular show, you can make some money. All those people like the Joe Rogans of the world are making gazillions of dollars from that. Right, right. right. But for me, the for my clients, they're all very niche. They are not doing CPM. They can command to say, hey, this is what we charge. You know, kind of an interesting. There's a lot of people doing a lot of different things with that too, which is very, some clever. I have a friend named David Spark who has this Sisu series. Sisu series is like Sisus or like the, the security people for big companies. He actually lives down mm-hmm. in San Diego area. He just started this doing that, doing a, a podcast. He knows nothing about it. And he got the guy, the, the guy in the industry to do it with him. And he does all the production. And now he's the host. It's really great. But he sells like, you know, ads on the show. And then he has the sponsor or whatever come on the show the last, you know, after they've done so many, they get to have be on the show. Of course, it's not an ad. It's a, um, it's an actual has to add value. It's not like an infomercial. So it's kind of a, a neat idea how he's been doing that. He sells those out all the time. So there is just a lot of different things you can do with the dynamic stuff. And yeah. ad selling ads, sorry. Yeah. No, no. I, no, I, I appreciate it. That, that was the thing I was thinking. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. 
go down a rabbit yeah, hole. Well, but I like giving people totally. like examples of what people are doing because it kind of yes. helps people go, oh, I should do that kind of a thing. So Absolutely. I mean, I just get people who are interested in potentially hosting a podcast. I always have conversations with them because they, they're like, Ooh, I, I think I want to do a podcast. What, you know, what does it, what does it take? And I'm like, well, let's, let's start with why, you know, yeah. what are your goals? Like, what do you, what do you want to accomplish by having your podcast? And, you know, and it's a commitment and a whole, you know, talking about how you have to be willing to, you know, to stick it out for a little while. You're not going to get a ton of downloads right away. Like the trade show talk podcast, the client decided they wanted to launch cold, like to, as a surprise during PCMA Convene. And so what happened there was from square one, right? Like there, there was no getting downloads, a ton of downloads without having marketed it at all prior, you know, was going to be a large feat. And we did well. I mean, all things considered, the show is doing very well. I'm considering how little it's marketed, um, yeah. sadly. But yeah, but I think everyone is like, how do I make money? So like, and that's another thing I was talking to somebody about this recently. I, I don't have a Patreon. I haven't, I haven't done it. I have been asked a couple of times to sponsor this podcast, but then you get into, well, how much, how many episodes is enough? in order yeah. to garner X amount of dollars. And, uh, and right. then I'm just like, the average number of downloads is 141 per episode is average for shows. And that's our average. Some shows obviously do better than others, but it's just an interesting thing to look at. Yeah, I have, uh, with my podcast group, I've had several people that do kind of value for value stuff too. And they sell, like mm. they have that, like the Satoshis now, they have this whole, like where you can, it's, it's a very minuscule part of a Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin and you can okay. give people, they're starting this whole thing of how it'll be easier to give people, oh, I like this show. And you just hit the button on the thing and you give them $2. It's kind of an interesting little game. It's the Adam Curry, the, the pod father, the guy who's the guy from MTV. Well, you're too young. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know him. No, he, I'm not. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you look like you are. He's the one who came up with the podcasting. Like him and another guy came up with the RSS feed and the whole setting audio files. And so anyway, he has now come up with this. It's a way it's called Satoshis. Satoshis. And um, it's pretty interesting. It's like an NFT. Value. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a you know, uh, a lot of people are doing that now, just like you're saying, have a page and have all these different ways that people could give you something. And they call it value for value. Um, there's a woman called named Jen Briney. She has a podcast. She's just all value for value. She won't take any ads from anyone. You go to her. She has a full-on page. of It's called Congressional Dish. So she reads bills that are going through Congress and then breaks them down and, and explains them. So she has a whole page and her page is like really good. If you congressional dish, if you, anybody wants to see that, like that's a great value for value page that she has. Another friend of mine, Drew Ackerman has the sleep with me podcast and it puts you to sleep. The podcast puts you to sleep and it has a wildly popular following. And he also, he does sponsors on the beginning of his show because everybody falls asleep in it. And then, but he has a whole page too of how people, and he has a Patreon and he makes really good money from that because of, People like appreciate someone helping them fall asleep, which is a funny thing that he's and he's been doing it a long time. So anyway, there's some examples of like other yeah, ways yeah, people yeah. are making money, but the value for value is a big one for independent podcaster kind of people. So excellent. And you are with your clients, you have a network. And so are those are but if you're still independent and those are independent, considered independent podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, okay. you know, their associations, they're all in the same. In the ad network, it really doesn't work. I haven't really been able to find like who's going to, the nurses or and a dental podcast. Like, I don't know who's 
we can sell ads across all of them. But you can also join a network of, like I was saying in your hosting program, you can join their ad network and get ads and have like mattress things and, you know, me undies and those kind of commercials on your podcast. So that that's what other people are doing. So that's, that's kind of the ad networks are that way. My network is basically association network shows is what we do. Right. Yeah, my friend Troy Sandage, he his podcast called I Digress is on the HubSpot network. Mm-hmm. Hub, HubSpot saw an opportunity there with oh, cool. people in the industry who were, you know, who had great shows and so then they've kind of pulled them together within their own this own network that they it's smart. developed. It's smart. And then yeah. the the best way to kind of get your podcast to market it is to do a drop with somebody else who has a podcast and like you could either you know, trade like, hey, listen to this show. You know, you could say it about some other marketing show. And then the other thing is to put a whole episode down the feed and then you introduce it, you know, and say, hey, those are the two best ways to get more listeners to your podcast. It's been... Yeah. It is the best way. It's proven. Proven. Proven by the scientists of marketing. (laughs) I think it's like, there's a guy named Sean Howard who runs a uh, fable and folly they're like what do you call those they're like you know um story story podcasts about like fantasy stuff and it, they're really cool but he is the brilliant with his figuring out the if you ever get want to know more about selling ads you, i would look up sean howard uh, from fable and folly. folly he's just has come up with all sorts of clever ways to and that's people don't download a ton of those either you know so he's kind of come up with a way he has a network of those shows and he sells them across ads across all of them so Interesting. Yeah, it kind of feeds itself. We have a friend of the show who's the only other show we've done in 107 shows on podcasting was with Eric Fisher. And he has oh, a yeah. podcast called The To Do List. Yeah. And it's like 20,000 downloads a month. So he has an agency. They, you know, he got approached right. like, Right. We want we want to help you make money. And of course they're making money. Yeah, um, he's great. I've seen him speak a couple of times. He's a smart dude. Really smart guy. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. So if you're listening to this, go ahead and look back for Eric's episode as well. And the, the thing too, like you say, marketing show, pr- promoting marketing show, that might be counterintuitive to some people, but I agree that we elevate that more that podcasts are being seen, the more that we are all showing value in in what we're providing, then I think it's good for everybody. I think that's good. I think that's true with any kind of business. Like, oh, we don't want competition. It's like, well, everybody's got their own special sauce. Right. Um, I don't consider it competition. And you know what's funny too is like people say, oh, how do you make money with your podcast? It's like when someone's doing a blog or something, they don't ask you, how how are you making money with your blog? Like, it's kind of like, (laughs) it's kind of like this always like, why do you have to make money? Just like you said with your goals. It's like, oh, this is just for fun. Or I really love this industry and I want to talk to other people that love, you know, horses or whatever it is. You know, it's, right. it's interesting. Yeah. So we're over time, which, you know, I knew it was going to happen with you. But I do have a couple <laughs> uh, two quick things that I want to, I, that I still want to cover. One is if someone wanted to start their own podcast, how do mm-hmm. you suggest they, they get started? Like, what's I think they in? should go to Anchor. It's a free app on your phone. It's Spotify owns it. And I would try it out, you know, just try making a podcast. You know, you can do it right this second, you know, download the Anchor app and do it and try it do a show, do a show for 10, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, no one's going to be listening, <laughs> but it's like, you learn, you know how it is when you start doing these things. It's like, you know, you want to try it first. Don't go out and buy a bunch of equipment. Don't bother doing that. It's not really right. worth it. Just sit down. You know, the big thing to do is sit, sit down. Like you've said a couple times now, it's figure out your goals on it, figure out your topics, 
pick the best topics and then start working on it and then start putting your shows together because it is all about the content. So if you want to start a podcast, just spend your time. Don't worry about any of the podcasty stuff. Just worry about what your shows are going to be and spend all your time doing that. That's my advice. Smart. Super when it, smart. And if you want to buy all the equipment and stuff, go on YouTube. There's just, you'll see the ATR, you know, that you have and the sure mic that I'm using that you'll see that's all the same people use i use a road procaster for doing stuff but i mean there's just all sorts of crap you can buy it's just it doesn't really yeah. matter i mean you could do it like right. you know easily on zoom start on zoom do one do your interviews on zoom and start out that way it's just the best way because you're never going to like what you start out with for sure and now like in in early days because you know i've been at this for like six years on zoom with other another show that i hosted also like the, the audio is a separate file. It used to be you start to pull the audio from the video, but now they give you both, which is pretty cool. That is cool. When when we started the Meetings Podcast, we used a free conference call line, that company, free conference call, and we we yeah, use that. Yeah. And then they would send us an MP3. You could get an MP3 from oh. that. And it was just literally a conference call line. Funny. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And they yeah, and they were our first sponsor. I because I they, they charged they wanted to charge me. I was like, well, would you like to be our sponsor? I'll mention you every time to our right. four listeners. To <laughs> you had more in fact, I'll call them individually and say, hey, check out. This. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, that's perfect. Okay, so and then our last question we like to ask our guests is, do you have a bu a business book that you can recommend to yeah, our I listeners? Do. I got two of them. This one I think is my favorite book. It's called The E Myth Revisited. Have you or E Myth? Have you ever heard of this? No. It's all about processes. It's by Michael E Gerber, and it's about putting processes together for your company. So you're not working in your company; you're working on your company. And after I read this book, it changed everything. Like changed everything. And I and I I have to I, I will recommend this. The E Myth. It's called the E-Myth, and this one's called the E-Myth Revisited because they rewrote it. So Right. Yeah. Follow-up. Very cool. Actually, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I think I did see you post about that on the LinkedIn. I know. So. And I was happy for that because you just asked me, bring a business book. And I was like, oh, yeah. I just was like, just did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then I have one other one. If you're going to do a podcast, this is a really cool book. It's called Make Noise. It's by Eric Newsom. And it's a great book. I mean... It's kind of nerdy, podcasty nerdy, but you can see all the pages I folded and all the things I have in here. So uh, yeah, I recommend any podcaster getting this book, Make Noise, A Creator's Guide to Podcasting and Great Audio Storytelling. Just some really clever stuff that I molded into my whole business when I talk to my clients. It's a really great book. Fabulous. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. Someone said, well, you're a creator. And I was like, I am. That's what I, I'm not just a podcaster. I'm a creator. I'm creating content with with our guests and as a you know service to the yeah. world. So that's pretty pretty badass, if you ask me. Yeah, it is. Right? It is. It's fun. Well, Mr. McAllen, I really appreciate you. And ironically, I think it's WEC in San Francisco right now, which I think probably I met you at either WEC or at IMAX. I'm not Probably. sure when yeah, I don't um, remember either. all those years ago. So happy solstice, happy WEC. I mean, you're probably not going, but. Happy, happy. Yes. Thank you happy, so much happy. for the opportunity to uh, speak with you on your fabulous podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you so much. All right. And if you are listening to the podcast or watching the replay, thank you also for joining us. And if you have any questions for me or Mike or Eric, any of our podcast friends, please send them our way. Our Twitter is at Make a Marketer. You can DM us on 
there. All right, friends, this has been episode 107 of the Making a Marketer podcast. Thank you. And we will catch you next time.